Micropod Monday, the Symphony Podcast, and I'm sitting across the table from Matthew. How you doing, Matthew? I'm great. Sitting here in my childhood home, actually. This is the first time I've been here. It's awesome and great vibes. Definitely can imagine some good times we're had in this household. It's a great place to grow up. Getting all nostalgic sitting in here. It's great. Out in the backyard, breathing fresh air, getting a little pollen. Yep. Um, But no, we're good. (laughs) This topic came up because, uh, well, it was your idea, but it really resonated with me. And it is thinking versus paying attention. So define that for us. What does that mean to you? Wow. Um, I think it ultimately comes back to the concept of presence, right? And so, and, and I think the way that I was thinking about it in my mind was mostly conversational. Um, just the difference between being present and being aware and listening to something that somebody's saying and giving them, you know, some type of feedback in terms of something like basically not planning out what you're going to say before the other person gets done talking, uh, was, was the direction that I kind of entered this topic from. And, and I think I've noticed that in my own life and I've noticed myself have much more genuine conversations and connect with people on a much deeper level when I'm able to be fully present and, and engaged in what they're saying before I even give thought to what, what is going to be my following remark after they're done talking. So I think that's kind of the main distinction there is just like the observing mind versus the, the thinking mind and the benefits of each and kind of like when each can be tapped into and, and utilized. And um, yeah, that's kind of where the, where the topic came from. And it resonated with me because after doing some, you know, 60 or 80 podcasts now, it's like I've seen and learned firsthand the difference between when I'm, listening to someone speak and I'm formulating what I'm going to say afterwards versus actually just taking in the, the response of the person. I notice that I do a better job of just going with the flow in the conversation versus taking us back or different directions or trying to force things where they shouldn't be forced. So one of the things that I've actively been working on as an interviewer is this exact thing. So when you brought it up, I was like, perfect. This yeah. is something that I'm working on, seeing the value of how just paying attention can lead to, you can come up, if you speak from the heart, you can just come up with words as you go. I don't know what I'm saying right now, you know, but because I'm just, I'm truly (laughs) just thinking, yeah. And, and Rogan talks about this too. Like he doesn't plan out what he's saying. And it's, and when you, when you tap into just, what do I want to say on a deep level? You can put the puzzle pieces together to get to that point. But if you start saying, okay, sentence number one is here's what I'm going to say about this. And then this point, and I'm going to try right. to tie them together. I used to overthink. And it's kind of like a, structuring cheap, it's of it. a cheap way of doing it. Like to your point on this, and then you mentioned this, and then you add a little, or maybe you just reiterate their point. Yeah. You're not moving the conversation forward. And one of the reasons why I found myself doing this is because this is what we're trained to do in school. We're trained to sit, listen to a lecture. And if you have something that you want to add, or usually it's a question or clarification, you raise your hand and the flow of everything stops most of the time. Mm. Some professors have the ability to bring students perspectives and then carry the entire lecture forward in that direction, which those are the, those are the really good teachers. Yeah. Um, so I think it's wired into us, trained into us in the way that public education works. I'm always hating on public education. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, there's an, there's another topic yeah, we can dive into at some point, yeah. but I think it also, it, com- it I think of problem solving too, with this one as well, just because I think, 
if you have something that is you're you're going back and forth on in your mind, you're trying to solve a problem at work or in your personal life, I think we tend to fixate on things. And I think it's like a pretty common mindset to be like, ah, oh, like I need to find the solution for this issue. Like I need to think about the solution for this issue. Like why can I not think of, of what the solution is? And then whereas this, the problem is going to be on your mind no matter what, right? Like it's not like if it's there, then it's there. And, and you fixating on it is not necessarily the solution. In my experience, it's when it's there, but I'm just out doing my thing, observing, going into nature, walking around and, and just paying attention. That's when solutions come to me. It's not like I'm searching for them or like hyper focusing on how I can find inspiration from like whatever the activity is that I'm doing. I'm just kind of like, I think it allows you to draw from a broader group of solutions just by having your mind it just opens up your mind i think um and kind of like helps your brain slowly work through whatever the problem is that's on your mind just by your ability to kind of be engaged in whatever your surroundings are it's kind of an interesting counterintuitive concept but i've experienced like real success with that it's also almost like a selfish thing to do it's like you're thinking about what you want to say more than giving the other person your full attention. And literally as you're giving me these takes, I'm doing this as we speak and I'm listening to you and then formulating the response because I'm consciously doing it because we're doing the podcast on it. (laughs) But sometimes if I'm not being like constant, like if I'm not paying attention, I can fall into this trap. It's like a constant, it's a, it's almost like a muscle that you need to build up. It gets easier. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's well said. And I think just kind of realizing like this isn't about you takes the pressure off. This was something yeah. that I had a management consulting class. The teacher used to say, if you're so worried about how you're presenting and what you're saying, usually when you give a presentation or even this podcast, what matters is not you and me. It's the information. So taking your ego and yourself and your selfish perspective of it out and just trying to just deliver the information from the heart, from the heart yeah. and just being more of a, like a medium for that information rather than like, oh, the spotlight's on me. I need to make sure I'm speaking well or like not looking at the ground while I'm pacing back and forth. And then you get in your own head and now all of a sudden you're not able to give that information as freely, if that makes sense. If you follow. I I do. I'm with you. I think you're, you're spot on. And then I think also it just trips you up in conversation sometimes because you'll be listening to someone and then you'll make a mental note of like the first or second thing that that person said. And then you'll be thinking about what you're going to say to that. And so because of that, you miss the next, you know, segment of whatever they said, which probably would have, if you would have responded to that section or built off of that, like the conversation might've gone in a, in a better way or a deeper way or like a more connective way. People can tell when you're paying full attention or if you're not. Definitely. Like it's so obvious to me. It, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, and that's why I think just giving people, I think listening, I, I think listening is such an important trait and something that everybody could probably I'm so be good better at. Listening. You should ask my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I listen really well. But serious, I just feel like I think that's a really, for me, that's something that I try to be better at um, in my friendships you, and my you, relationships. How do you listen? By, I feel like, like fighting back those urges to speak up before someone's done especially in in arguments with Mm -hmm. a significant other or with a friend or with a parent it's like 
because you know when that time comes, you hear something that's triggering and you immediately want to say, hey, but that's not actually what I, you yeah, know. Totally. But instead it's like, let them get through it. Mm-hmm. Like fight those urges down and then just let them say everything that they need to say. Because ultimately you want someone to listen to everything that you have to say yep. too, right? I mean, if that's an easy way to frame it in your mind, then go from it from that angle. But, and I think that's another concept of just like, be the person to others that you want others to be for you. And I think most people want to be listened to when they're speaking. So like, I, in my mind, I'm like, that's how I should show up in the world as well. There's a quote from my favorite book of all time, Musashi. And I'm probably gonna, I think I'm gonna ruin this quote, but I think he says, the perceiving, the perceiving eye is weak. The observing eye is strong. So basically saying that like, the way that you perceive things is probably very subjective and emotional. Whereas the observing mind as ba- and this is, this is kind of like what the Stoics talk about too, of like observing your own life as if you're kind of like an, uh, an objective bystander. Right. So just, and that's kind of the same thing in conversation too, just like listening to people as if like that sentence that they're saying to you is the only thing that exists in the world. Right. And then, and then afterwards when they're done, Cause you can think, I mean, we're humans. We can think really fast. Right. So like, we'll have something to say, like you'll be able to think of something to say, especially if you're listening, because if you're listening deeply, you create like a curiosity within yourself to kind of like hear what they're saying. Right. So you'll find the words to say afterwards. But I think just finding that level of presence and kind of having that objective, a little bit disassociated perspective, it sounds so counterintuitive, even when I'm saying it out loud, but I think hopefully people will kind of like know what, what we're getting at here. Yeah. It's a core tenet of like the Buddhist ideologies too. Yes. And a lot of Eastern traditions of just like observing the moment and reacting. Like you were saying before we got rolling, I'm going to steal your thunder here, but still feeling the emotions for sure. If like as men, we can become, it's easy for us to just disassociate with the whole thing and be like, yeah, that's just Check a problem out. I'm going to not deal with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just like go do something else. Um, and you miss out on the learnings that might come from that feeling, which is actually arising for a real reason. Mm-hmm. So feelings are meant to be felt. And your actions and your like plan of actually moving forward needs to be objective and not too based on the perception, that perception eye or the emotions or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that also comes back to you being comfortable with yourself. Like you can't show up like that unless you feel comfortable with yourself. I, I believe, right. Because or you can make yourself more comfortable with yourself by realizing you can disassociate from those emotions. You can be the observer, right? Yeah, It's like kind of a positive circular loop in that way. It is. That's a great way to look at it. There we go. We just came, we just broke some new ground there. <laughs> yeah. It all comes from listening and just paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's, I, we all, I also had a conversation with, with my girlfriend yesterday, actually, who said, who told me that she read something that said like people's, people's first reaction is, is usually not the, usually not the the best one. And, and I think that that comes from like an emotional response and like a reactive response. And a lot of times it comes from that concept of what we were just talking about when you hear something that's triggering in a sentence and it's that urge to like jump on it and be like, that's not, you know, mm-hmm. um, I got a story on that. Oh, please dive in. Real fast. Yeah, just, go. You just made me think of it. I'm on a plane coming back from Nepal last year, and I hadn't 
slept in like 24 hours and I hadn't eaten in like a long time as well. And the flight attendant like kicked me out of my seat or something like that. And I was just getting into like the flow of editing and I was working on a video and I just was like, what's your name? Give me a card. I'm making a claim. You know, I'm like, oh my I just, I was such a prick. I just can't even believe I acted like that. And then the moment was over and I was like, wait, I just did that. That was me. That was like, I was not in my body yeah. or making present conscious decisions. And I was just like totally out of control. And then I went back to her and I apologized. I was like, I'm sorry. And she said, you know what? I'm sorry too. Someone who, who was your age, like a young person gave me some lip the other day. And then I took it out on you. And we had this like heart to heart moment. <laughs> me and the flight attendant were just like, wow, cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. So th those types of moments where you realize like it's going to happen. Everyone's going to lose their temper, but just it's okay. Like you, you didn't lose your temper for a logical reason. You lost your temper because you were unable to control yourself from that observing. Right. Un, un, thinking the thinking mind because yeah. thoughts are fleeting. Right. And so like right. thoughts are reactionary. Whereas if you're fully present, you're bringing every piece of who you are to every single conversation. So you're not having those emotional outbreaks because you're, you're listening as your full being. So you're there for, you're not your, you're not your thoughts in that moment. If that makes sense. That sounds a little esoteric, but <laughs> yeah, I lost you on that one. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but it I, sounded good. <laughs> now, what, yeah. what do you mean by that, though? Sure, like go deeper on that. What, what do you mean by like you're not your thoughts? I just think that it, it comes back to the perceiving eye type thing, right? Because you might have a fleeting thought come up from something that gets said in conversation that if you understood the complexity of where the statement came from, like from an objective standpoint, you wouldn't have had that knee jerk reaction of anger just because that's how you perceived it in that exact moment. And so I think the ability to distinguish like, oh, this is just a thought that I can push away. Like this is just something that's going to go away as, as just as quickly as it came up. Mm -hmm. That's a really powerful thing to kind of connect to. And so, and I think that place is sometimes where those knee jerk reactions come from is like attaching to one of those fleeting thoughts or one of those fleeting emotions. That's really just situational and subjective. Got Sorry. you. I got you. Let's, let's get Charlie some love here. Yeah. No, you were talking about oh, um, how like thoughts, like thoughts how are you are not your thoughts and how yes. like you can associate with a thought that you have and then act based on that thought and then lose a, the ability to act objectively essentially. Yes, exactly. Everyone can relate to this in some degree where it's like you, you in the heat of the moment said something like I did to the flight attendant yeah. or whatever. And then later you're like, whoa, that was not like, me. that was not me. Yeah. That's such a that common thought. That's such a common phrase that I yeah. hear it too. Is like, oh, that wasn't me. Like, I just, I don't know what happened. I like, yeah. I lost my head or like yeah. I lost my, and you are whatever. accountable for every action that you put out in the world. So if you do like, you have to like realize that if you do something, it's not you, it's, you're still having that impact. You right. Know? So you got to be careful. And I think so that's why there's strength in being able to stop those reactions though, before too, happen. before they happen. Oh, and I think only. that's, if only, yeah, sure. But I <laughs> no, think that's kind of, yeah. And I think that's what this conversation is kind of driving at too, is like you, you do have some level of control over that. Yeah. And let me take this conversation a slightly different direction. We can talk about, well, we can cut this out if it doesn't make sense, but <laughs> Right now, in our highly politicized, divisive climate, it can be very difficult to have conversations with people. And I hear often, I can't believe that anyone would think this, or I can't believe such and such would vote for this, or I can't believe Donald Trump, how could anyone ever think he's a good president? 
And what you're doing there is you're basically saying, look, there's a large percentage of people that believe something and you're just not even willing to entertain their perspective as valuable. Yeah. So you're basically, I don't know. I think this ability to pay attention and disassociate from your beliefs even mm-hmm. one thing to realize my thoughts are not me but it's another to realize your beliefs and your value system and your political beliefs everything might not be 100 percent you either it might be constructed it might be influenced by a number of different reasons many of which might not be perfect Let's well and if <laughs> and if nothing else it's it's narrow because it's a, it's subjective like we we experience so little because of what is really like all going on here because we're in one physical body and brain. And so like, we don't have the capacity to be able to see everything that's going on. So I think that understanding actually enters you into this area of exactly what we're talking about, like being more accepting of different, you know, the ways of thought and just understanding that, you know, the way that people think and the way that people perceive the world is a result of like everything that's led them up to that moment. Right. And which is vastly, vastly different than your experience, most likely. And so even just being aware of that concept allows you to create a little bit more wiggle room for some disagreements in your life and a little bit more acceptance of, of different points of view and perspectives. And I think that's I mean, that's one of the most important things you can you can kind of integrate into your own life is just having a live and let live right just like you can have your thoughts have your ideals you know enjoy your freedoms like as long as they're not infringing on the freedoms of others that's kind of where i think it's i'm you right know. there with you man yeah when you are worried about other people you're wasting your own life completely yeah, it's like it, completely but at the same time it's like i also believe being a participant in our society requires being vigilant in the sense of holding people accountable for their actions if you come across some information where you say wow look at that political leader that you know had this huge lockdown thing and then got seen drinking wine at a party you know never shut down his own vineyards and it's like we wonder why there's all this frustration in society it's because we look to our leaders and they're doing shit like that so i don't know i i like to talk about politics and i think one of the abilities that i have that i can keep my emotions out of it. I mean, I can still get animated and excited about it because I think it's something worth talking about, but I think some a lot of, at least in this uh, social media age, it can be really difficult to touch on some of these topics. Yeah. That, uh, when in reality, there's logic coming from both sides, usually, right? In any conversation, in any argument. And so, but we damage our ability to find solutions because we're not letting the other people speak. We're not listening. Right. And so we're so, Oh, completely. And, and I, and I mean, a great example of this is in the political party system, like system when there's two parties, you know, both parties came about from like very real needs for certain things to be expressed in like a society. And there's things that need to be like, you know, rich, the rich people need to be incentivized to continue to push things forward and innovate and create. But then also we need to make sure that we're taking care of people who maybe are less fortunate or don't have the ability to work for themselves or or are sick or are, you know, whatever. So there's like very real needs on both sides of the political spectrum. And ideally they're both supposed to be voiced in a way that can benefit the group. Right. But whenever these conversations are being had, they're so charged by the, by like the polarity of the issues. And so like one side is, is screaming and the other side is screaming, but neither one of them are actually responding to what's being said on the other side. They're just, they're yelling their point louder. 
And so it comes back to what we're talking about right here. It's like that ability to, to allow space for some listening to be had, because I think that's what ultimately leads to better understanding is your ability to fully listen. Because I think if you really fully listen to somebody and give them the time to explain themselves, either either you start to see their point of view or they start to realize how insane they're sounding. I feel like it goes <laughs> one of two ways. You yeah, know? somewhere but, in the middle, it's like, hey, look, we thought we disagreed totally on other opposite ends and we found some middle ground. Right. There's usually some middle ground. Right. I was listening to a podcast with Mark Randolph, one of the co-founders of Netflix with uh, Chase Jarvis recently, and he was talking about how disagreement and real critical feedback was crucial in Netflix's development and still is like they're very open. They'll just say they have dinners where everybody goes around and just tells each other, Hey, I think you're lacking in this area or you could improve in this area. And because they've created a culture of openness, they've almost disassociated their like emotions with their performance at work. They're able to grow and learn through each other's feedback without getting too emotional about it. That's super valuable. And as like an entrepreneur, I mean, you can easily get your self mixed into your business or as an artist, like a photographer, I can be like, this photograph's not good. I'm not good, you know, (laughs) whatever. A lot of people struggle with like attaching themselves to their work. So I think unattaching yourself from all these different things is really valuable and yeah, paying attention versus thinking is kind of what triggers is like thinking and fixating. Yeah. Those are kind of the two distinctions that I make out of this conversation. Yep. Boom. Let's have a shreddables. Yeah. Let's go for a walk. Absolutely.